Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Hey, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks a lot for tuning in to your show with your co-host team, your family on TV radio broadcasting, Raising Expectations, direct from BBS Radio TV. We're sure glad to be with you tonight. We've got some great things planned, so uh, we're going to kind of move along. Tonight, we're going to talk about summer fun, summer healthy fun, and uh, you, I've already got great responses that you've shared from uh, the social media on it, and I appreciate that. So uh, we're going to be introducing Stephanie here in a minute. You're going to love tonight's program. But tonight we have, uh, I always like to share, as you know, who our guest uh, is, but then right off get to our (laughs) co-host. So I want to share our co-host tonight uh, coming to you. So we've kind of teamed up on this. I want to make up for lost time. Coming to you from Central America, the great state of Texas, we have one of our favorite pastors, my favorite brothers in the world, uh, Pastor Ron Greer, all the way from McKinney, Texas. Yay, that's him right there. And uh, he is going to be phenomenal as always as he's here tonight with us. And then back to the West Coast, which would be to your left or right, depending on which way you're facing. Uh, We have, as always, Dr. Paul Hall from uh, Southern California. He is a retired pastor. He's a professor. He's he's just awesome. And so you all kind of know the scoop. You're going to love him. He uh, always, he's a copious note taker and incredible at writing down things. So you may see him taking special notes tonight. And uh, you're going to hear about where those are going later, some of those things. So Paul is coming to us from uh, right near Santa Barbara in the great (laughs) city of... Lompoc. Lompoc. Exactly. I want to see if you guys knew it. And if you believe that, I have some land to sell somewhere. I'm just kidding. Lompoc, California. So uh, Rose Capital of the World for years, actually. And so that's a pretty special time. So anyway, uh, coming all the way for the East Coast, uh, we're going to be bringing to you tonight, as you know, two of our very favorite people in the world are Stephanie and uh, Dr. Craig Thayer. And uh, they come to us from Dalton, Georgia, uh, which is near Chattanooga. And uh, she is uh, an incredible, I'm going to introduce that in just a moment. But uh, her husband, Dr. Tank, is uh, he's, he's is, is he hiking? I think he's, he's on a plane. He's actually leaving Dallas oh, right now. Yeah. Oh, he's in Dallas. He okay. was in California hiking. Yes. Okay, good. Because I was praying for him. He shared with me, uh, pray for him. He's getting slightly older, but he's not old. But anyway, it's a pray for him going over those mountaintops. It, uh, that was pretty exciting. And uh, we'll hear about that next week. We'll have to ask him for sure. But uh, uh, he is, uh, 
a retired, uh, well, he's still a surgeon. What am I saying? He's not retired. The old guys here, we're the retired ones. But he is a surgeon. He is a health and wellness a nutritional specialist also. His, uh, his beautiful wife, Stephanie, is going to be sharing with us tonight. Steph uh, is uh, She's phenomenal. She's uh, got a degree from UC Davis, I believe, in nutrition expert and psychology. Also, she's an entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, I often say, because one of my favorite things to teach my kids, can I say this, Stephanie? I can say this. When, when I was a kid, when my kids were really little, Ron, they used to love Winnie the Pooh. And when it comes to the story of Winnie the Pooh, there's some deep theology here, Paul. Help me out in a minute. But when it comes to Winnie the Pooh, uh, Stephanie and Craig, remind me of my two favorite characters, and that is uh, Tigger and Eeyore, because Stephanie is Tigger. She's an unbounding source of energy, always going and bouncing through that energy. Hello, wonderful thing about Tigger is Tigger and me. He's going. And then, then Tank, Dr. Dr. let's just sit back and go, yes, I really think that's right. And this wisdom comes out. He's just calm. But then she gets him laughing. That's another reason you're going to love this family and be part of this team with us. That's, that's so, uh, uh, Stephanie. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great compliment uh, for all you children listening in, because we're an approved children's show also most of the time. So, there's no problem. These kids can watch this show. There's no trouble. But uh, it's a great, great honor to have them this way. So so you've got Paul on the on the West Coast. You've got Stephanie. And then one more time in Central Texas, one of our favorite guys in the whole world is Pastor, Pastor Ron Greer, who is, uh, we're going to introduce him twice tonight because yours truly forgot him twice when they didn't have the normal lineup. So uh, I'm going to make up for that tonight. It was a great idea. Thanks, Steph. That was a great over Stu. Over Stu. So we'll go from there. So, hey, real quick, if you all listen in real quick here, but I'm going to pitch this over and then we're just going to let Stephanie share. We're going to have a blast tonight. But uh, we've got some great things coming down the road. I want to share one with you. Uh, some people have asked me about this. A few years ago, I'm going to ask Stephanie one on this also. Uh, I put out the first book, Legitimate Faith. People have asked about this. Zig Ziglar was the guy who got me to do this. He was my mentor, Zig Ziglar, if you remember. And so anyway, this was the hardback copy that came out. It sold out twice. And so then we went to a paperback with a little different color, and it went to this, but basically the same, a couple of editions that were different. This one is sold out, too. So here's what I'm going to be doing, and then I'm going to ask this team. They're going to be doing some great things this way. At the publisher right now is edition three that's coming out by request with a change on an addendum. And on that addendum, I'm going to be talking about all of these wonderful people that you've got to know as the Racing Expectation Team. So I'm going to dedicate this part of this, and it's going to be a bridge into the next book, which I've already got a couple of chapters on, which should come out next January. And it is simply called Legitimate Faith Raises Expectations. And so we're going to go to a whole new level on that one. So that's a book that's coming. Paul and and uh, Ron, they've got things they have written. I'm going to work with them. They've got great things they've written. We're going to get these things out to you. We're going to have a special library page on our website where you can go direct and receive these things. Now, here's a great thing. Hey, Stephanie, uh, tell them, Tank's working on a great book. Would you tell them a word about that? Yeah, so kind of ironic because Craig's dyslexic if you don't know that but and he hates reading at least he used to say that until a couple of years ago he mostly does audiobooks I think because he had to read so much in school um but he has written a book it's in its final stage of editing and it's really a compilation of a lot of short stories about his life he's had 
a, a very trying and a very unique life. And it kind of intertwines how God has always been present in it. It's Amen. really fun, a little bit heartbreaking. And it's called Saved, One Trauma Surgeon's True Accounts of the Miracles in His Life. Uh, finding God in the ordinary. So I'm not sure when it'll be published yet. Um, it's kind of a crazy process. Yeah. It's it's on its way. That's going to be exciting, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, well, we're just looking forward to that. That's going to be exciting. So everybody mark that down because we're coming back to you with more information on that. So once you know, tonight, um, Stephanie is going to be sharing with us some of the background that she knows, and uh, we want to do a very special. We have pulled all the plugs. We have gone way out, out on a limb, far beyond any special guest, and she's our co-host that we've ever had. So tonight, live and direct for you from Dalton, Georgia, and and Craig, if you're picking us up there in the airport somewhere in Dallas, here is, in one moment, would you welcome Stephanie and uh, what she's going to share for us. One second. Hey. Is he going to play something dramatic? Uh, that didn't work. One second. Yeah. Technology is not our strength in this group. It's okay. Yes. Here we go. This is Stephanie for us tonight. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to take it away. Take it away, Steph. Live and direct right here. Coming to you from PBS Radio. And raising expectations, let's have a great hand for Stephanie there. That was beautiful, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I have kind of a funny story about my husband and I, you know, because I it's shocking that not everybody appreciates the level of energy that I have all the time. But we are quite opposite and we're I'm very thankful that my husband is so mellow. But I don't know if you've noticed, he talks like this. He'll talk with his hand in front. It drives me crazy. And he has a, I can talk about him because he's not here. Um, and he has a very low pitched voice, which often will, uh, answering machines used to hang up on him and things like that. So the joke in this Bible study that we did for like 10, 11 years was they, and they made him a t-shirt and it just said mumble, mumble, mumble science. Because when he would start talking and then he'd say something about, how science and God are connected. So that was, it became a running joke. Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to remember that one. Yeah. I thought you'd like that. So, yeah. Um, okay. I think we're going to talk about health today, right? I talk about it every day. Amen. Um, I could start with some tips for summer. I know some of that I've already posted, but my favorite, favorite one that has taken off like wildfire Um you know, people are less hungry in the summer. I don't know if you know that, but biologically it's hotter. Your body is not as, as hungry. However, all the hangouts are in the summer. So people will sometimes eat more in the summer. And one of the best, best things you can do is drink more water. So in scouts, boy scouts, they would yell, drink more water. So that's what it makes me want to say. But have a, get a water bottle for yourself. You can fill it with things that taste good in there. Just make sure it's sugar-free. Um, you actually, I know Ron, sorry. Um, you actually will, uh, lean out faster. If you're drinking water, your mind works better. Your lungs work better. Uh, the, your brain and your lungs are the highest percent water out of anything else in your body. So it's actually really, really important, but here's the trick that I love. 
everybody ends up in the kitchen at any party, right? If your dominant hand has water in it, it's harder for you to eat all the goodies. There's my free tip for you. You're That's welcome. why my glass is always in the left hand. <laughs> I know. Me too. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, the other one would be obvious is get out of the kitchen. But that's where everybody ends up. So that's not really right. going to happen, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, there's one good thing about summer. Fudge melts. So you got to wait till Christmas for that. That's what Tank was saying. I think, I think that's why they invented M&Ms. I'm just saying, you know, the outside doesn't melt. You can probably. That's right. Yeah. Believe it or not, that's exactly why they invented them. The military did. And, and they're they, great, right? And they do their purpose. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You're just being patriotic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how, how did you get involved uh, in the area of health in the first place? By accident. What brought By you accident. Here? I think, you know, God has a fun way of working out. So I, um, I, I was a gymnast as a kid. I've always been very athletic. Um, my parents were very athletic. Uh, my grandfather actually participated in the tour de France. Like I, I we just had all kinds, but he grew up in France. So we had, it was always activity was always important, but I didn't grow up with uh, traditional sports. You know how a lot of kids start with soccer. I, I never really did team sports until I was in high school. And I always was just interested in eating. Well, that's not totally true as a teenager, you know, cheese stick, hot dog. That was kind of I know. Right. Uh, but, okay. but then as I, as I got older and then Craig and I got together, he already had three children and they were very good athletes and it just became an interest for me. And then over the years, when I was fortunate enough to stay home with my kids, um, I don't sit still well. Right. So I thought, well, I'll go get my sports nutrition license. That just sounds interesting. And it was really interesting. And uh, mo- it's really focused on athletes. So timing of food and people that are a little bit more elite. But when I started coaching people that way, almost no one would do it because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be that dialed in. And so it was a little bit frustrating for me. And it, I think it goes back to, it doesn't really matter how much, you know, a lot of us know a lot of things about a lot of subjects. It doesn't mean we're doing the things we should be doing. Right. So kind of by accident, I fell into this particular thing because I'd watched a gal that had lost a bunch of weight. I thought, whatever, I'll try this. And I lost my weight very quickly. I just, you know, couldn't eat like a 20 year old anymore. And, uh, but what, what happened is I started learning about myself because it wasn't really about the food. And that's why I love what I get to do is that yes, food is a means to an end. And if you're stuffing your face, that's a problem, but it's not really about the ice cream or the chips. There's more going on. And unless you are willing to look at what those things are, you're not going to maintain health with the exception. I will say with the exception for women, major hormonal changes as you go through menopause and you could, you could have a weird medical freak accident that hasn't, that you didn't cause. Right. But most health things we have done to ourselves, unfortunately. Great, great, great. No, go ahead. Did you have something wrong? No, I was going to say, so you, you got involved in health nutrition. Yeah. And then you swift shift from athletes to everyday people. Yes. Uh, and how many years? So I I got my my sports nutrition degree. I got probably four, 
almost five years ago now. And then I've just been health coaching like the whole person for a little bit over three years now. And I still do get a lot of athletes uh, just because it's kind of my lifestyle that are within about 30 or 40 pounds of where they want to be. But most athletes think they can just go to the gym and, and work their way out of it and not pay attention to what's happening in the kitchen. And it's actually the opposite. And I get a lot of retired professional athletes because they continue to eat like mm. they're working out eight yeah, hours a day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So Ron could relate to that. But see, you, that <laughs> you're fascinated with health too, right? Didn't you? I remember at one point you said the gym was almost a little obsessive for you. I, I, it was obsessive. I, yeah. I, I've gone to two phases in my life where um, <clears throat> running and working out was obsessive. Well, I actually went through a uh, the very first sports uh, psychology section at Marquette University, I was one of the first in that group to go through that treatment of that therapy uh, because mm-hmm. I was wow. running myself to death uh, <laughs> and couldn't figure out that, okay, you're getting old, your, your body, body's not taking this. And then um, because I, early on, I, so I've been in martial arts, boxing, I did uh, bodybuilding and then I trained bodybuilders and I just kept on weightlifting and, and standing shape because I was a firefighter for 19 years. So I was constantly working out and constantly doing martial arts and other things to stay in shape. And then mm-hmm. after firefighting, you know, you, you didn't need it anymore. <clears throat> I kept eating that those proteins and the carbs. <laughs> and I went from about somewhere around 190 to about 227. And then, <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> and then decided that uh, maybe not. That's a good idea. But un- unfortunately... I hit my fit, hit about that 50 mark and things did not drop off like they used to. I, it, it became an absolute uh, a bear on me. So fast forward, uh, I was in Florida, decided to get my act together and I started running again at 51 and I was doing five, uh, eventually five miles, three times a week, three miles, uh, two times a week. And finally my doctor said, stop. <laughs> And I couldn't. I just I I went to that same thing again where I felt just bleh when I didn't run. And if I got frustrated, I would run. If I was you know thinking too much, I would run. I just ran. And eventually got to a point where I went back to my old you know therapy <coughs> techniques and stopped the running. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, I still struggle with the eating thing though. I just it, it's a struggle, constant struggle. You know. I think people, people think that you're going to arrive and you really aren't. Um, I know, I know. Let me have that idea. Let me have it. I was just, I was just making a reel for on social media, you know, they're like these short little videos about the magic pill and they're just, there isn't one. And um, that, that's the thing that people don't realize with food. Uh, unlike any other addiction, because it, it, it's an addiction exercise. We've talked about this before. Good things can become an addiction and bad things can become an addiction. But you have to have food in life. So it's not like I can just cut out the alcohol. Yeah. I I need to eat, right, to sustain life. And so it's it's really hard because people that are extremely overweight and people that are extremely underweight have the same issue it's usually it's using food to control they're just doing it in opposite directions and so um one of the things that we work through with folks is 
you don't necessarily have to stop what you're doing, but look at why, why did you struggle on Saturday? It's usually when people have the hardest time, it's on the weekends because it's unstructured, it's free time. And okay, what was, what was the challenge or why did you respond that way? And for a lot of people, it's stress, it's boredom, it's joy. And so just to start realizing it and, and honestly, for the majority of people I work with, there's some childhood yuck they haven't dealt with. And it all, you know, if we don't, if we don't deal with things, it's going to manifest in us physically. Right. Mm -hmm. And that affects other areas of our life. And so I'm, I'm not a health coach that is coaching you to have a six pack. If you want one, that's amazing. And I will give you a resource for that personal trainer on the next level. Yeah. Ron's like, yes, I am coaching people to live healthier and be more fulfilled in their own life so that they can live to their fullest for what God has called them to do. Right. Amen. 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 That's right. I love that. I love it. Yeah. I feel guilty about it. <laughs> what do you think, Paul? <laughs> so Steph, give us a typical day in the, in the Thayer household. Uh, if you could do that, I know is, is there y'all are busy. Uh, <laughs> I know you're busy and heavily involved in athletics and things like that. <laughs> For the guy who eats chips sitting on the couch watching a little TV and stuff like that, uh, what what kind of you know what are, what are some healthy chips? They're whole grain. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> but just give us give us an idea of a of a of a typical day. And when I say typical day, not what you do necessarily, but your eating habits of that typical day. Could you? Yeah. I was going to say, cause a typical day is pretty funny in my house. Okay. So <laughs> I, I am a huge fan of eating all throughout the day, every two to three hours. So you, it's very unpopular. Everybody's in intermittent fasting. I can send you a slew of data that it doesn't work statistically. If it works, it's because of a calorie in out equation. And the problem with intermittent fasting is you're not looking at what you're actually eating. So it's not really a nutritional quality. It's just you gorge for a few hours. So I I love coffee. I absolutely love coffee. So I get up and make myself some coffee. Amen. I saw Joe. I, I add almond milk to mine and sometimes I'll add like a stevia sweetener. Ron's throwing up, you know what? Craig likes creamer, whatever makes you happy in life. You just need to be careful because most Americans drink a massive amount of calories and they aren't even aware of it. And usually what you drink doesn't fill you up. So you're just, it's like bottomless pit. And most of them are full of sugar And so that's, that is just going to convert to fat in your body. Uh, And especially the, the frontal fat around your organs, it's called adipose fat. That's what we start getting as we get older. That's the dangerous stuff I know. And it's the last to go. Hate to tell you that. Okay. So I make coffee and then I try to eat within an hour of um, being awake. I now I'll say things that people will not resonate with, because if you haven't if you haven't changed your taste buds, you're not going to like some of these things. I do. I usually do some egg whites with one whole egg. Neighbors give me fresh eggs. Um, I do cauliflower rice in there. And I usually do garlic and onion and some avocado and salsa on top. I just make a bowl. So cauliflower rice takes on whatever flavor you give it. I've, I've added it to oatmeal before. It's, it's tasteless. So if you don't really like veggies, you can hide it in there. You're getting your fiber and your volume in. It's already really good for you. It will cruciferous vegetables, which cauliflower is, they will make you gassy. So if you have not been having those, 
just know, like, maybe you don't want to have that before you go to a work meeting with your boss or whatever. <laughs> I talk about farts and poops a lot. It's good. Yes. <laughs> so just warn yourself. And then I usually, um, I like to, so I'll, I'll snack. Usually I don't eat a big lunch. So maybe I'll have like half an apple and peanut butter, or I'll, I like to set out, um, chopped veggies and nuts and just kind of snack on that. Um, mm. if, if I do make a lunch, it's usually cause I'm working out hard and sometimes that'll be a salad or I, uh, back to cauliflower. There's these things you can get. They're called cauliflower thins. They have them at the grocery store at Costco and they're bread like, um, so I will put them in a toaster oven and make cheesy bread out of them. And that's downright to die for. Um, there's no other thing that's even close to bread and most breads just don't do much for you nutritionally. And so that I know I'm except for sourdough, sourdough is really good. Sourdough is a fermented. Yes. That sourdough sugar, right? Keep the sugar. Oh yeah. Sourdough is great because it's fermented. Um, and then also like Dave's killer bread or that kind of thing, which most people don't like because it's full of grain. Uh, Yeah. And so then I, um, in the afternoon, I don't know, I might have a banana or something. Although if you are trying to lean out, I, I don't recommend a lot of fruit, even though fruit is a great sugar, your body's going to digest that instead of what you're trying to lean out with. And then, you know, lately we're on kind of a Mexican food kick. Um, I usually will just have veggies and meat at night, but so we have this really good little Mexican market. And so I'll get beef or chicken or pork or whatever. And I usually a lot of bell peppers and that sort of thing. I have teenagers, so it's hard because they have like three dinners a day. Um, and some, some days I'll supplement with a protein shake. It just, you know, what's hard about being healthy is time Mm -hmm. and most grab and go things out there are not good. Uh, the program that I use actually replaces most of people's foods for them to reset their taste buds. Because if I gave you a list of foods to make and to go purchase, you're just, you're not going to do it. And, um, going through most of the drive-thrus isn't going to work. Although, I, I do love getting a cheeseburger with lettuce wrap. That's like my compromise. So it, you will see me. People think I don't eat junk. You will see me in a drive-thru. I love potato chips, Paul. So I have to be really careful because if they're in the house, I'll eat them all. So what I've done, I get the small Pringles, which aren't my favorite. Kettle is my favorite, but I will literally eat the entire bag. So <laughs> At night, because I get the munchies at night too, I'll have Pringles. What I try to do when I'm being good is I'll cut up cucumbers and I just dip them in a kind of like a buffalo sauce. I like spicy stuff um, or bell peppers because otherwise I'm looking at my kids and they're eating trail mix. And if I eat trail mix, I'm going to eat 2000 calories of trail mix, right? That's the problem with most nuts. Um, A serving of nuts is like seven to 10 nuts. You guys, who has that? Seven. Yeah. Seven to ten. <laughs> seven to ten. That's when you love nuts. I know, <laughs> and they're so good for you. But how many? How many handfuls do you have, Ron? Oh no, I just you know a couple. Just just you know a couple. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you that jar is, was new two days ago. <laughs> uh, you're right. Oh, what about see. pretzels? You're killing me. Here. You're killing me. <laughs> Somebody told me pretzels could be good if you're not too many, but how about pretzels? So pretzels are, they're just a quick carb. Just like I would throw them into the category of bread and pasta. They're, they're highly sure. refined. I mean, yeah. honestly, they're just as bad as table sugar for you. So you just have to pick what you want. Yeah. Have I, have I not told you about pasta before? 
the typical pasta, you know, you go buy it for a dollar, two dollars, the little box. Be nice, please, with pasta. It is so refined. <laughs> so if you look at pasta in, in the Bible, wheat in the Bible yeah. was very grainy. It was very high protein, higher than carb. For good or bad, we started changing the tall wheat to low wheat to try to solve our hunger problem. Right. When we did that, it started breaking it down, making it more carb, more carb, more carb. Now, when you process it, they also take the husk off, which is what's got the nutritional quality. So if you look at the glycemic index of pasta, which is glycemic index just means how quickly your body can use it as sugar. It is much higher than table sugar. So, Mm. so parents, I like to say a lot of times parents are giving their children a bowl of pasta and then they wonder why they're not focused or they're crazy or not listening 20 or 30 minutes later. You might as well have handed them a candy bar. They shot up and now they're in the tank. Right. And, and the thing that's horrible about that is one, we aren't taught that it's the same with like breakfast cereals, most of them, that kind of thing. And that's the inexpensive food. So a lot of the things that are very affordable are Mm. not good. There are some exceptions. Let's say you make like a homemade mac and cheese because it has so much fat in it. It's going to kind of counteract what the sugar does. So actually pizza, which is something that people struggle with, won't have that same sugar impact on you because you have the fat and the meats on there. But a serving of pizza is one slice. I'm never going to have one slice ever. It's not going to happen. If I'm going to get pizza, I'm having a slice like this. (laughs) The Costco slice. (laughs) The pizza, yeah. In one slide, yeah, and so that that's also one of the things that we work through. Um, we have 26 different kind of habits and elements that we work with clients on. As they start eating, they they lose weight or they gain weight depending on what their situation is. But we start going through habits, and at the beginning, it's mostly skill set, mindset, surrounding, um, how you're responding. But later on, it's what's a better vegetable, what's a better fruit, what's a better meat, what's a better grain. Those are not things we are taught. They just are not like there's a lot of marketing. These food and businesses, they they're in it to make money. Right. Right, right. So if you see low fat, Hmm. be very concerned. If it says low fat, they have added sugar to it. Hmm. It is much better for you to go get the whole fat, whatever it is. Just be careful on your portion. And plus, it's way more delicious, by the way. So that's why sometimes when you're like, Paul, is there a chip? Well, not really. I mean, have the actual chips, right? Right. You just, if you do that every night. Hey, Sif, if we're looking down that back of that, the back of the bag, huh, Paul, on chips or the back side of a whatever, you know, like Captain Crunch. Of course, it's, I don't eat that, but I'm just using an example. But if you look down the bag, uh, they start at the top, the three kinds of fats. I've had people ask, I say, I don't know. I'm going to ask Steph. There's three kinds of fat. Then it gets to carbohydrates. Then down the bottom, I always look at sugar because, you know, Dr. Buckingham said, cut the sugar. He and Craig that day. So I try to cut the sugar out completely because of insulin, which I had one last question sometime tonight for you. But what should we do if we're just novices perusing down the back of one of those things? It starts with fat. What do we want to look at basically? I know it's not in semantics. Yeah. 
so that that's hard. So, I mean, honestly, the first thing I would look at is how many yeah. servings, because like a bag of chips, you're probably going to grab it. It's probably eight servings in a bag. So you may look at it and go, oh, 150 calories. Well, not really. Right. It's 1200 calories. Um, there, there is on the fat section, there is one called trans fat. It's the last one you would see. It's really bad. It's chemically made. It's, it's, uh, it's really, you just don't want it if you can help it. And, um, as far as food goes, potato chips really aren't that bad depending on the oil they're using. It's usually potato oil and salt. So if you're eating one that has a healthier oil, I mean, yeah, it's a carb because it's potato, but it's not a horrible food. Um, Interesting. I I would say the next thing to look at is sugar for sure. Um, You four grams of sugar. I think it's four. I should double check. I don't want to misspeak. It's either four or six grams is a teaspoon. Um, And so it's not that much that you should have in a day and we have way more. So that's why I mentioned the drinks. And even like a lot of our kids are having, um, you know, Powerades and Gatorades and that sort of thing. You just, I mean, they're, they are sodas and okay. They have electrolytes, so they're better than sodas. Yeah. They're soda in another form. Same with all, all these, all these bars that you get at the grocery store. They are either candy bars renamed or they are super, super high fat. So some of the ones that are good, like the peanut butter ones and stuff, they're just a massive amount of calories. And you basically had all of your fat for the day. So for, when you look at the label sugar, four grams is a teaspoon. So if you look at something that says it's 16 grams, I mean, that's four teaspoons. Most sodas have eight or nine and that's in a 12 ounce can, right? Not the 16. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the other thing, I don't know that you'll get this just from the nutrition label, but I think it's very dangerous when people, when you just listen to someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. And I don't mean this disrespectfully, you can lose weight so many ways. It does not mean it's actually good for your body or your insides. When someone says don't have any fat, don't have any carb or don't have any protein, something is wrong. You need all three of those for your body. There is a purpose to them. And um, yes, different quantities and different things, of course. But if someone says to cut something out out completely, your body is going to go into survival mode to try to recreate those things. And at the expense of your organs, I passionately hate the ketogenic diet. Hate Mm. it. Craig's not on here. You lose weight really fast, really fast. You learn nothing about yourself Mm. and it destroys your gallbladder and it destroys your liver and you cannot live without a liver. And so if you are someone who is mad at me right now for saying that, please (laughs) go get labs, go get labs, go get labs. Cause I want you healthy on the inside. Right. Plus the second you stop it, you're going to gain all of it back. Two things, two things on that, on that subject in particular, Uh, you hate the keto diet. Uh, why is it so hard on your, on your kidneys, first of all? And the second question is, uh, what's, what's wrong with, with, with the, um, uh, I hate to call them starvation, but I won't call it starvation. I'll call it fasting uh, for long periods of time. I think people, there are a lot of people don't understand what your, what, what your body does when you rob it of, of, of nutrition. Nutrition. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So 
So keto, what happens with the ketogenic diet is extremely low carbohydrate. So for most people, it's like under 30 grams a day, if you care about that. Um, And generally it's very high fat and high protein. Some people are doing it better where it's lower fat and higher protein. So I'm happier if you're doing that. Um, But what happens is your body needs quick energy. And so it's actually reversing the process and taking protein and turning it into a carbohydrate. And um, I wish Craig was here because he would tell me medically what it is, but it's at a significant cost. You also will have a very metallic taste in your mouth. And this gets a little confused. Um, You, if you are losing weight, you will go into ketosis. Ketosis is that same process. However, it's a mild ketosis. When you're in the ketogenic diet, you're causing an extreme ketosis. So to lose weight, you have to have a calorie deficit. It's either what you put in your mouth or it's in movement, right? I don't know about you, but running on the treadmill to get me 400 calories is a lot more work than not eating the 400 calories. Very yeah, annoying. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, I don't know, Ron, do you have more on the keto diet that you'd like to no, 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 that was that's that was part of it. I mean, that was most of it there. I yeah. think people don't realize what hap- what your body does and how it shifts to a whole different different level if when you yeah. start doing that. And I, you know, one of the things that we, we work with bodybuilders constantly, and, and with bodybuilders, you know, they had it easy because it's just a matter of eating more and more and more. And actually, the biggest problem we have with bodybuilders, you're not eating enough. Uh, and, and people don't realize that also how hard it is to eat enough to do, do that. But the problem is you got guys on the other side who want to lose weight. They rob their bodies of yeah. protein, of carbs, of sugar, of, of everything. And yes. then the body goes, well, okay, if, if I'm losing, if this stuff is, is not coming in, I better save and reserve what does come in. That's right. That's and, they, right. and they hit this plateau and they can't understand why I can't get past there. And going, listen, your body is working like your body is supposed to. If it's not coming in, your body goes, okay, I need to adjust for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, my son, my 16-year-old is completely obsessed with the strong men. Okay. And um, <laughs> one of them, who I think has won like eight times in a row, or eight times. And he, he would set a timer and wake up in the middle of the night to eat at least every three hours. He had said eating was almost a chore because you have to feed your muscles. Right. So it's true that, and that's such an elite fine, you know, the way they're eating is not the way the average person is going to eat, but with, with fasting, which is very popular right now, intermittent fasting, the most common eating I hear is caffeine, 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 three dinners. So like I said before, you, you give yourself a feeding window, say six hours or something. If it works, it's because you're taking in less calories. But what happens is you wake up with a very low blood sugar. So if you are someone that is diabetic, this is a horrible idea for you. You actually need to eat probably closer to every two hours throughout the day. And if you are a diabetic, you actually need some sugar in your day too. This is why having a coach is really helpful. Um, So you wake up, you have low energy, your mental focus is low, all of that is low, which is why most intermittent fasters love caffeine, because they're trying to counteract it. Then you get home or whatever, some eat at one, four, people do different things. You start to eat. All of your blood now goes to the massive amount of food that you have eaten. And you know, you know, like at Thanksgiving, you eat and you're like, that's sort of what's happening to them right? And so they're kind of gorging. Now your body is in overload to just digest the food. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's not 
It is not good for you. When you eat every few hours, which is not, I, I, when I worked out a lot and I did some bodybuilding stuff, I would eat like four or five times a day, but I had never done the six times where you start within an hour. I, I set timers on my phone, you guys, because most of the time I'm not hungry. That's great that you're not hungry because you're not going to overeat. But what happens is your blood sugar becomes very consistent. So your body is not ever overwhelmed with processing the food. So you're able to do all those other things in your day. And honestly, what happens is by about day four or five eating like that, you have a massive amount of energy. And I wanted to touch on something else you said, Ron, which was a plateau. Plateaus are real and you're going to have them. I don't care what you do. Your body adjusts to what you're doing. And it says, oh, I know. Are we going to stick to this? I'm not sure you're going to stick to this. And this is where having a coach is really, really helpful. There are things that we can do to kind of shock your system to get it going again. An actual plateau is 12 or more days without a weight change or a composition change. Too many of you are obsessed with the scale. Stop. How are your clothes fitting? The scale mostly is ridiculous, just so you know. Oh, good. Ron's having a party. I have to rant about that. I don't have one, Joseph. You know, Joe is Every time I see one, I want to take it and throw it in the garbage. Like, get rid of this. (laughs) Well, and with athletes. With athletes, it's really hard. I make them get smart scales, which are only like 20 bucks, but I have them look at their body fat and their water density and all that because it's not really about what you weigh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I I have just a quick question too. There's a, there's a Don, I can't think of his name. Stephanie, I don't know. You might have a thought on it, but uh, he is worried about insulin and diabetes for seniors, you know, people like 60 and up. Yeah. And, uh, and I wish I had it and I should have got it so I could tell you, but he eats, he doesn't eat in the morning and this seemed different. That's why I need, he has nothing but coffee until about one. And then between the hours of one and nine, that eight hour out of 24, one third of the 24 hour day, that's where he eats. He eats and then he breaks it down and then he eats it, but then he doesn't on the other. And he said something about the body then creating the insulin or balancing it out and that's what it is. So what's with that, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's poppycock. So when I work with a diabetic, so type one you're born with, it's never going to go away. Type two, they're probably um, the most difficult besides thyroid patients, either under or overproductive. But type two diabetics um, need to eat more frequently and they actually need a little bit more calories. I will not work with someone that's diabetic unless they are checking their blood sugar every single day. Mm -hmm. If you start eating like this, your body will start doing what it needs to and you will not need the insulin very quickly unless you have completely trashed your body. There is a point where you have gone too far, Mm -hmm. um, you dialysis, you lose limbs, that kind of a thing. But um, diabetics can't regulate their sugar. You, you of any population need to be extremely consistent in your eating period. End of story. I've also seen people that eat high fat diets like keto come up diabetic and they don't understand, uh, insert usually dark chocolate eaters. I know a lot of women that they're healthy but they are over on peanut butter, dark chocolate. Well, those aren't horrible things, right? But if that's the majority of your diet is that, and by the way, diet is not a bad word. Diet just means the food you eat. Um, So, and seniors need more calories. So sometimes this person may also 
be trying to restrict too much. And, and like Ron said, you're going to, your body is going to think it's in survival mode and it will actually eat your muscles and store it as fat because we don't know what's coming. And especially as a senior, your muscles are precious that if you do get sick, that is what is going to save you when you're in the hospital for two weeks, period. It's your muscle. Good yeah. point. That's interesting. Yeah. Good point, Steph. Here, yeah. Here's, a, here's another, uh, well, two other things. I'm sorry, Paul. Did you have something? I'm sorry, Paul. No, no, go ahead, Ron. Well, here, uh, so two things. One is uh, I'm one of those weird people who, uh, I don't know why in my later years, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a doer, uh, tinker, builder, uh, I'm always doing something. I, that's how I relax. Uh, and I'm a list guy. But one of the issues I have, problems I have, when I, when I was remodeling a house in Atlanta, uh, my wife literally calls either my daughter or her son, daughter-in-law, and forced them to come by every day and interrupt me, see if Poppy had eaten today. Yeah. So, and then she'll call me, did you eat today? Uh, because I, 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 and people find it hard to believe, I literally forget to eat or don't feel, yeah. I don't feel the need yeah. to eat. Yeah. As long as I'm busy, and it's and it's, as crazy as it sounds, I have to actually focus and discipline myself to stop every so many hours and force myself to eat something. Yeah. Uh, and I have no clue why that started about 20 years ago, but it's 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 a real thing, and people find it hard to believe. I I just I have to remind myself to eat, uh, and I will literally go for 10, 11, 12 hours uh, yep. if I'm working. I'm busy. And it's, my, I have indicators that, that I, I get very irritated for no reason over something stupid. I, I tell myself, like, wait, 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 why don't you eat yeah. less? Yeah. Uh, or if I become uh, just obsessive with something, I have to stop myself and go, wait, 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 this is not that big of a deal. Um, so that's the first, that's the one issue I have. The second one is, the question I have is, how do you deal with the people who are pre-diabetic and who haven't quite figured that out yet? That, so that's another another problem sort of group, I guess, I, I dealt with when we were doing body bodybuilding. People who didn't have any clue at all, yeah. uh, the pre-diabetic and then folks who had low thyroid. Sorry. Yeah. So um, I think there's a lot of people that don't get hungry in a day, right? Our body adapts to however we're eating. And that's why I said timers. There's a free app I love called EatWise, E-A-T-W-I-S-E. And what I like about it is you can set how many times you want to eat a day and how far apart. So whenever you eat the first time, you just click it. And then it quietly reminds you when you're at the time every five minutes until you eat again, because life happens. But Ron, this is one of the reasons too, that the program that I use, we replace most of people's groceries because people don't stop to eat. So if you have something in your pocket that you can just grab and take, because you're like, oh, I've been, I got to make something in the kitchen. Forget it. I have a meeting or, you know, I'm working on the drywall or whatever. And so you just go back to what you're working on. Um, that That is very typical. I hear that a lot. So the pre-diabetes and the thyroid and honestly, all these autoimmune and I am not medical, but I am married to one. A lot of these things are we don't know what's wrong with you. We're going to toss something at it. And I have seen people go through this that no longer are whatever they've been labeled at, which is medically impossible. Mm -hmm. So somewhere along the line, us not taking care of ourselves has these consequences on our body. And Mm -hmm. what I find is a lot of people don't, they don't know, they don't know they're pre-diabetic. They don't, I mean, I just signed up the sweetest young lady 
she's in her thirties. She's over 300 pounds. She didn't even talk. She doesn't know how much she weighs. She's, she's not on any medications. The odds of that being the reality are slim to none with the number of people I've helped. She hasn't gone to the doctor in years. So I actually will be treating her as if she's pre-diabetic or diabetic. I'm probably going to have her eat a little bit more. And I have nutritionists, like I'm not practicing without a license. And I also have my husband, but there are different protocols for different types of people. And this is why you don't just listen to your friends. Like teenagers need more food. Seniors need more food. If you're on thyroid, do you know that some of the foods you eat may counteract your medication? When I tell thyroid patients that most of them have never been told that not even from their doctors, which really frustrates me. You didn't know that. I don't have a thyroid. I didn't know that. They took it out. It's gone. So within four hours, do you eat, do you have one medication, one a day or twice? The Tanaprox. In the morning? Okay. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. Anybody with thyroid, you should not have any soy within four hours of your medication. Most people say, oh, that's fine. I don't need it on mommy or tofu. Well, that's not fine. If you look at the labels, soy is a binder. It's in chocolate chips. Okay. Soy binds to almost everything. So if you inadvertently, let's say you had cereal in the morning and it happens to have soy in it, you have now counteracted your medication for the entire day. And you probably don't know. No. Uh-uh. Until you start getting that. <laughs> it makes me so mad. I mean, and this is where actually having someone that is a health coach that knows what they're doing. Right. It does matter. It does matter. And I'm going to pick on personal trainers a little bit. I I love them, (laughs) but most of them are not open to what I have to say at all. They want you, and I'm very good friends with many gym owners. They want you to eat by a regimen of this. They're not looking at you as a whole person. And it is not about the food. Obviously your thyroid removed. That's not something that you could control, but usually the person that's not eating because they're worried that they're going to be so obese that has, that has nothing to do with the food. It has to do with the emotional or how they see themselves. I've, I've had women come to me that are afraid to even lose weight because they've hidden behind their weight because of abuse or different issues. Like there are a number of reasons. It gives me the chills. People come and you need to talk to somebody that knows how to help a variety of people. Right, right. Wow. It, it, so great. You, so uh, made you mention that uh, I have. We've, we've got three minutes, Ron. Go oh, for it. Okay. Go for it, brother. Long-term friends uh, who both lost amazing amount, lost a lot of weight, looked amazing, new clothes, and everybody marveled at them, right? All three of them are now obese. And in, mm-hmm. in each case, it was they could not handle being that small. And in, in one case, for sure, I know for, was from sexual abuse as a child. And the yeah. second was from a father's abuse and abandonment. It's, it's a, you're so, so right on, spot on with that. And this is why, as we have people change their body composition, we start working through all the other things. And I'm not a therapist, although my background is in psychology. And sometimes yeah. I tell people, you, you need to just, go have real serious therapy for this. And if you're listening on here, I also highly recommend that that whoever is giving you the therapy or the guidance or the coaching is a believer because you're going to get a very different kind of service um, and insight than a non-believer. Steph, tell them how to, you got two minutes. Tell them how to get a hold of you again. You and thank. Oh, I'm, I'm everywhere on social media as wellness with Steph S T E F. I'm making all kinds of silly videos to entertain you. It's ridiculous. Yeah. What I do. Um, but you on our have- website too. I, yeah, I do have a, a website, wellnesswithsteph.com. And actually, if you follow me on social media, I share a lot of free information. I want you healthy, 
lifelong. And I, I talk about Jesus a lot in my family. So you get some you talk about encouragement, right? That's what it's all about. Hey, folks, we just we're about run out of time. I want to tell you real quick, if the Lord leads you, we could sure use help, financial help. It's all your gifts that make it happen. Those of you that give to us, we appreciate it so much. goes to the program. We're so thankful for you. Just go to the website. It's bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. And uh, and you'll see a button right there. It says donate, and that'll be where a gift would be so appreciated. Stephanie, we just uh, you and Craig, we just love you guys. We're so glad you're part of this team. And and Ron, Paul, there's just two brothers. You guys are my family. Uh, I just you blessed you all bless my life here. And people text me so often and say, I just look forward to meeting these people all the time. So uh, we'll be starting our national tour next year, folks. <laughs> Going on the road. <laughs> yeah, on the road. We're going on the road. That's it. We know what we're doing. But God bless you all. And uh, and Paul's cut this all down. We'll, have, we'll put some stuff back. And when we get our newsletter going out there, we'll get Steph and, and Tank to tell you some of these details. I'm glad about the thyroid. Thanks, Steph. I had no idea. I better eat oatmeal in the morning, right? There's no soy in that. I no, hope. you're good. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. Hey, well, God bless all of you. Thanks for tuning in again to your show, on bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. We'll see you next week. And uh, we'll hear that uh, Tank made it back safe from that cross national tour in the mountains. It should be interesting. (laughs) God bless y'all. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous. But most of all, uplifting so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.